to the Heads Up Podcast. I am Jason Rogers, the head of school of Rundle College Society, and I'll be your host for this season's episode. With each new podcast, we hope to explore interesting topics relating to Rundle College student, faculty, and parent life. This season, you'll hear interviews with faculty, parents, alumni, students, and educational experts. Each episode will aim to provide an insight and context to the happenings in and around our community. Thank you for joining me and everybody in the Rumble College Society on this journey, and I hope you enjoy this Rumble experience. All right, welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. Today I've got the really great fortune of being here with two of our high school students at Rundle College as a part of our Ask Anything series. So if you've been following this through, I started with the kindergarten students and we're all the way up to grade 10, 11, 12 now. And of course, the questions are getting a little bit more complex. If you listened a couple episodes ago, we had a kindergarten student ask me, how I get an elephant to balance in water with marshmallows. Um, I expect the questions will probably be a little bit more sophisticated today with uh, our high school students from the college. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Alexi and Manea to, uh, to the show today. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Uh, I'm going to have them first introduce themselves. So they're going to give their grade um, and how long they've been at Rundle. And from there, they're gonna, they've got a couple real hard-hitting questions I think people will be interested in hearing the responses to. So uh, let's start with you, Alexi. Uh, what's your grade and how long have you been here? So I'm in grade 11 right now, and I've been here since the beginning of grade 10. Super. Welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. Um, I'm Anea. I'm in grade 12, and this is my sixth year at Rundle. Right on. Welcome. Welcome. So let's get started. Alexi, I know, I know you've got a question for me, so let's, let's have it. Okay. How well would you say a standardized test measures a student's abilities and should effort be a factor in determining a mark or grade? Right on. Um, so those of you who are listening in Alberta will know that we have diploma and provincial exams in grades 7, 9, and 12, um, and they're standardized exams, which uh, all of our students take in all of Alberta. Um, there's a lot of controversy around standardized exams saying that they don't uh, reflect a student's true ability. Um, and they create undue stress uh, for students in classes. Um, it's my opinion, after being a part of Alberta education for nearly 20 years, that the diploma exam really does serve a purpose. And I think that purpose is to best understand a student's curricular knowledge in any of the curriculum areas and gives a standard representation of that curricular knowledge. Um, what it doesn't measure are the soft skill factors, like how well does that student collaborate or how well does that student you know, um, communicate um, a lot of the soft skill 21st century skills that we know that kids need to have. And so I think we have to be mindful of that. Uh, there's two parts to assessment in my mind. The first part of assessment is how much of the curriculum do you know? And I think the diploma exam does a great job of measuring that. There's a lot of research that goes into that. And then there's a soft skill part where the diploma exam doesn't give any credence uh, and doesn't give any reflection. So I think that comes back to the schools uh, to be able to give a reflection of that and to be able to pass that along to universities for the sake of admission. And so here at Rundle College, we take a little bit of time working on character, obviously, and we want to be able to convey that information to universities through things like the headmaster's list that has a true depiction of the values that we have in kindness, curiosity, and wellness. And we hope that our students are going to use those attributes 
in their personal statements as they move on to university. So um, I think if you can prepare well for these diploma exams through understanding the curriculum, uh, I think they're actually not, not a bad thing. My question though would be back to you guys a little bit because the feedback I get from our community and otherwise is that you know, some people find these diplomas and provincials extremely anxiety provoking and stressful and others just see them as you know, a means to an end that they're adequately prepared to handle the rigor that comes along with that. Um, from a grade 11 and 12 perspective, I'm interested in your honest opinion as to like, how does that impact your learning and ed education and, and how do you feel about them? Uh, Lexi, why don't we start with you? Uh, I agree. It is good, always good to know the curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like every person learns differently. And Correct. It, it, I feel that the system should be adjusted to every person. Right. That is very difficult to achieve. Yeah. But I feel like, again, uh, sometimes it is difficult to measure a student's abilities. Right. Because everyone is different. So uh, I believe that effort should be a factor. And I believe that a different system should slightly be arranged. Mm -hmm. Yes, tests are good for measuring our knowledge of the curriculum. Yes. But as you said, there is a soft... There's soft skills around soft that, skills right? around that are also necessary. So right. Not and exactly sure how that would be achieved. That's true. And I think, so, I think like that should be an outcome in our schools is how do we help students facilitate those soft skills? Because we know that once you get into industry, whether it's engineering or business, um, leadership skills are first and foremost as to like how, how are you going to su succeed in those industries. And with leadership comes ability to have a vision, collaborate, communicate, um, you know, all of those. And I, I agree, Lexi, I think that has to be a huge part of our curricular development as well beyond the, the content, if you will. Um, Manea, I know you've probably, how many diploma exams have you written? Three or four, I think, yeah, already. Yeah, three or four. So, yeah. and Alexi, just for context, have you, how many diploma exams have you written at this point? Uh, not, not, not yet, but probably yet. this term, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, Manea, from a voice of experience, how, what's your take? Like, how do you feel about them? Um, well, for argument's sake, I guess if you're saying that the diploma tests your knowledge of the curriculum, yeah. so does taking the curriculum. So once you're done that, you've, your knowledge has been tested throughout. So I do understand having the holistic exam to see if you've retained everything and you can relate. Yeah. And I think it works really well for certain subjects, like especially in sciences, because right. then you relate multiple, like for bio, you got to relate like genetics to yeah. like field development. And yeah. that was a really effective way of like fully understanding it. And I found when the diploma came around, I actually understood bio better, right. which worked really well. But then for things like, I don't know, math or right. English, yeah. at that point, it's a final writing assessment where mm -hmm. you've written all year long mm -hmm. and you've your writing's improved and that's yeah. been measured yeah. already. And so yeah. I feel like that could just be an added stress. And right. then the memorization for English and social with quotes and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. I feel like that's difficult because in a real life right. scenario, yeah. you're going to have your like resources there and you're right. going to have those texts to right. actually have that. So rather than stress inducing, it's not as much measuring your understanding of a text, but it's also measuring if you can memorize quotes right. from that text. Right. And I, I think it's a really strong point because I think mm -hmm. if we look at uh, evolution of education, we start to look at a thing called content creation as opposed to like content acquisition. And so the ability to 
take the content that we know is already there available readily and turn it into something of your own and leverage that, um, that's a really important skill. Whereas memorizing, for instance, all the provinces in Canada and the states of the United States no longer of that much use because that content's available to us right here now, any yeah. second. Amanea, um, back to you for a second. I mean, an honest assessment, when you went into your diploma exams that you've written already, on a scale of 1 to 10, um, let's start with how prepared do you think you were for those? I felt extremely prepared for them because I like followed the review materials that were given to me and I think Rundle did a really good job of prepping me for that. Yeah. So that definitely helped me. So I went in feeling prepared. I know it's not the exact same across Alberta and everybody has a different experience yeah. with it. Yeah. So that's okay. So that's pretty good. And then as far as stress goes, like, do you remember the mornings walking into those exams? Like where if one is like no stress, that's a day at Disneyland and 10 being like the worst stress you could imagine where, and I know it's totally unique to every student, but where did you fall on that? Um, I felt like I was in like the six to seven range, especially yeah. depending on which exam it was. Yeah. I know going into certain exams, I it was just I felt like it was left up to chance. Where yeah. depending on certain prompts that I was given, I would either be really well prepared or right. have a really lacking backing for yeah. things. Um, but I feel it was more difficult my first diploma exam, and after having written that one, I went in with less stress as the exam week went on. Right. Right. And that's perfect. Thank you for that. I think, um, and Lexi, I've been thinking about your point about, you know, uh, the formative versus summative assessment that you were talking about is, you know, you spend all term getting ready for this thing and then there's a lot of weight on the final piece and there should be, it should be more differentiated when it comes to the delivery of the diploma exam. And I think there's something to be said there. And certainly I think exam writers can probably do better in their differentiation as to you know, how do you ask questions so that all learning styles can address them? Um, I think something we've seen, which is really difficult to understand and comprehend, is the availability of accommodations, for example. So you've probably noticed that in Alberta, uh, they're following a, a broad idea of universal design for learning, which means if you need extra time without a psych assessment to qualify you for extra time, you can have it. And so they've basically opened up extra time for everybody in the province or if you need other accommodations those are readily available without uh, ed psych assessment and I think that's actually it's difficult for teachers to work with and it's difficult for students to moderate whether you need it or not but I do think it's a step in the right direction as far as creating accessibility during these exams uh, for students who have different needs mm -hmm. so yeah I think there's lots of ways to get around that but um, the other thing like before we wrap on this this question is uh, we're somewhat bound by uh, universities and their admission expectations too. Uh, we know that Alberta has a very high ranked education system and universities look to us to say that, you know, as Manea is graduating, she's coming from an Alberta education system and they're saying, well, she's probably really well prepared. And some of that uh, credit comes from like, well, they've got a standardized diploma exam. We know that there's standard from student to student to student. So we're going to value the Alberta education mm -hmm. at that level. And I think, frankly, that's part of what what keeps diploma exams around is that that feeling that it increases the standard or opportunity as kids go to post-secondary uh, in Canada and around the world. Yeah, that was a really excellent question. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Manea, I'm curious, what's, what's your question? 
Um, my question is, what is your stance on the educational shift to online classes and digital classrooms and why? And how does this direct the future of education? Right. <clears throat> I think uh, it's an inevitability that we have to start thinking about. We see at post-secondary institutions, some of them are offering you know, 20, 30, 40% of their classes in an online environment. Uh, I'm currently doing a doctorate degree and half of my classes are offered online and I have to take them online. Um, we know that post-secondary institutions are seeing them as an effective way to deliver curriculum for lots of reasons. One, you can reach remote areas. Two, it uh, reduces costs on bricks and mortar uh, institutions. And so whether we agree with the delivery or not, it's a reality. Um, first, you know, through things like GOA, which Global Online Academy, which Manea, you're currently a part of, uh, we're seeing a, a good delivery, like we're seeing an asynchronous delivery that also allows for a connection amongst your cohort. So mm -hmm. Manea, you probably talk about it more in a second, but has a cohort of students where she's taking a course with them around the world. I think that's a pretty good delivery model. It allows for an expert teacher to reach students around the world where there's a diversity of learning in that group. I think that's an awesome delivery model and I think it's, I think it's the future. Um, but that being said, to round out the response, even though there are pressures from post-secondaries to have our students prepared to take online courses, and there are obvious advantages, given that there's experts and great diversity in student population, I really think the future of education is still in human connection. I think it's the ability to connect person to person and be able to work through problems together. And I think that's where the real advantage is always going to be, is in that human connection. So my hope is that um, there will always be a blended learning environment that leverages the strengths that are out there, expertise, diversity, space and time. Uh, but there's always a value on the human connection, which we see day to day in our classrooms, which allow us to truly develop um, things that are important, like leadership and character and uh, collaboration and communication. I think those things happen best when you're face to face in a human environment. Um, so that's that's my take on it. Now, Manea, you're taking Global Online Academy this term. Can you tell our listeners, first of all, what course you're taking? And your, your honest assessment on the difference between being in a class of 14 kids here at Rundle College and being a cohort of 20 kids online, Global Online Academy, uh, how are you feeling about it? Um, so I'm taking Abnormal Psychology, and I really like the option to take a course that's not regularly offered at yeah. our school. Um, I do agree with the accessibility being really nice, having those experts in the field and having conversations with people who definitely have different viewpoints just yeah. because of like location and all of that kind of thing. Um, I definitely think that it's still very useful to learn in a classroom yeah. and having things like debates, I feel it's yeah. very effective and I feel like that is something that we're not quite achieving the same way even though they are striving to. Yeah just simply because everyone's not going to be online at the same time right. and it's difficult to communicate tone through text. You got it. As much as you'd like to and even if you think you're doing it effectively, I yeah. found even miscommunications working on group projects where one person is saying essentially the same thing as you are but it's not getting across until we have a video chat. Yeah. And again, the video chats are really nice because then we can get together. But again, we never have all 20 students and a teacher on a video chat with right. her introducing a topic. Yeah. So it's very self-driven. And if you do run into those areas where you're struggling with a topic, it's very difficult to receive the help like you would in a regular classroom. 
because you can't sit down one-on-one, -on -one, have that conversation with the teacher, and continue to talk. Whereas when you're online, you can send questions in, but you wait for a response, and it's not with the same kind of flow that you would speaking with the teacher one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, and I think that that hits a nail on the head, Manet. I really, like, even in my courses, in my doctorate, um, the tone is really difficult to convey, and we've run into some real big challenges with was this person angry in this or not? And like, mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's a real 21st century challenge. Like we spend a lot of time communicating, whether it's through social media or things like email in text. So maybe it's a skill that's worth continuing to develop and be um, empathetic or cognizant of, but it's not the only skill. Like I think that 80% of skill is like sitting down with you today face-to-face -face in this office and actually being able to have a, have a conversation. So back to you know is it the future of education i think it's 20 percent it'll always be 20 percent of the future of education but i think 80 percent is truly that human connection that happens face to face in real time and i really that's my hope and that's why i love a place like rundle is because we have so much time for human connection in this digital age cool i love that that question it'd be really interesting to to hear from lots of people on on that topic so really open to it um, so what I think we'll do now, uh, Manea and Alexi, is to close up this episode. Um, I just want to hear from you as to like your Rundle experience. And so, um, yeah, do you have any, any thoughts on like what is the advantage of attending Rundle or is there anything that we can continue to improve your experience? I know I'm putting you guys on the spot here, but um, we'll see what comes out. Manea, I'll let you start. Um, I've definitely liked my options that I've been able to have at Rundle's, mm -hmm. not so much academically but speaking in the sense that when I don't know something, I have the option of multiple different teachers. Everybody right. is willing to sit down with me and work through something, even if it's not someone who's teaching you. And there's always time for that, those kind of things. As well as like exam prep. I know comparatively to children in other schools that I've been talking to, they've when they're going into their classes, they feel not prepared for their diplomas and they're taking diploma prep through other institutions and they're paying money for that mm -hmm. versus we get to do it and then we get to do it with our teachers who know how we've been doing all year long and can cater to what we need and it's not sitting in a big lecture hall at the university taking a diploma prep course, yeah, which is really nice. So having those options to work through things with a teacher and to like make sure you fully have that understanding is really nice. Cool. Right on. Well, thank you for that. Lexi, do you have any, any thoughts on your experience? Well, I personally completely agree with her. Uh, I would say that the it's a very personal experience. Again, since class sizes are smaller, we are yep. able to, we have more time to talk with the teachers. Mm -hmm. We are able to really settle our problems that we potentially had. Right. And I feel like the teachers here are also very, very good at teaching their subjects. Yeah. I feel like they're professionals in their area. So I f the education system here is what I personally feel is better than public schools. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the endorsement. That was, that's a really helpful way to end. Uh, you guys really value the conversation. I hope that we're able to keep these high-level, interesting conversations going uh, with our junior and senior high students because I think they're super valuable. So thanks for taking the time to be with me today. Thanks for taking the time to think about your questions. I look forward to continuing with them. Okay, perfect. Thank awesome. Thank thanks a lot, you guys.